Awesome. It is now September 29th, 2019. This is going to be a one-on-one -on -one interview with Mary Sue. We are going to be peeking behind the veil and seeing some of the mechanical decisions and, uh, I guess, background motivations for why Mary Sue was played the way she was. So I am Oz. I am here with Mary Sue, as I have just described, and we have had people give a bunch of questions. So this should be a lot of fun. Hello, how are you? I'm good. Um, for those that don't know, um, I am Jupiter Sanders on Discord, and I do play the character Mary Sue in Without a Net. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so we just wrapped up the Shadowrun season in which there was a, I wouldn't call it an explosive finale, but uh, <laughs> I guess it was a punch to the kidney from behind. Not everyone's opinion. Um, some people thought it ended exactly as it should. And some who... people felt wrong, that it was a wrongness to it. Mm -hmm. Go on. No, no. I was uh, going to ask uh, who are the terrible people who thought it ended should have ended that way. Um, in our in the Without a Net uh, Discord server, um, Omnicolor, mm -hmm. um, who is doing his own, uh, starting his own Shadowrun uh, podcast, uh, he felt it was absolutely, um, absolutely how it had to play out, given the choices that were made. Um, I, I'm speaking like nobody knows what the end is. I don't know why I'm doing that, but, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, they feel that he felt that absolutely Mary Sue deserved, uh, to be taken down by the team because she had actually been the one to betray them all along. Wow. That's, yeah. uh, that's an interesting take on it. Mm -hmm. uh, did, uh, I mean, how do you feel about that? Did you, do you feel that, that Mary Sue betrayed the team? Hmm. So, um, overall, I think Mary Sue wanted nothing more than to be a part of this team. Uh, she wanted to help them. She wanted to be there for them. But at the same time, she wanted that from them. And I mm -hmm. don't think Mary Sue ever got that. And this final, the, the finale basically was just one more example, except it ended up being the final example of how the team just was not there for her no matter how insane she may have seemed to them they still just did not accept her and they just so easily tossed her aside so poor mary sue just was never never got as much as she gave hmm. i don't think okay and so i suppose i kind of see how uh she might have gotten what was coming to her because she expected I think that eventually she would get something back and all she got was uh, a bunch of stick and shock to the, to the hindquarters, so to speak. I mean, we started with her firing the first uh, gel round. We may as well end with her taking the stick and shock. <laughs> I suppose so. <laughs> all right. So you... You guys played, there was 87 episodes. I was talking with, with BAMPS about this. There was approximately eight jobs over about 18 months. Wow. Yeah, I know. Not a lot. 
not a lot. So I would say that, and this is something else we talked about, this was less of an actual play and more of an audio drama, and that was also my fault. <laughs> uh, but there is there is a big focus on downtime, which, mm-hmm. you know, speaking personally, I'm a big fan of that. I like seeing how the other half lives, so to speak. So with that in mind, um, how did you feel about your downtime episodes for Mary Sue. Would you like to do more of them? Would you like to do fewer? I I was one of the the players that if they said, hey, do you want to do downtime? I was the first with my hand up. Yes. Let's do it. I enjoyed seeing what shenanigans Mary Sue would get up to when she wasn't on a job and, and just got to go do stuff. Um, so I really enjoyed the downtime episodes and I think a lot of listeners did as well which I find surprising because it's not a big focus of Shadowrun uh Shadowrun it's it's the meat the legwork the job get paid mm. it, right. it was like oh the downtime is just that stuff you do in between your sessions that nobody cares about it's the training or it's this or it's that it's it who cares I think we actually showed people that in Shadowrun, the downtime could actually be more interesting, and the jobs are just the things linking the downtime together. I like that. I do. Uh, you know, as we're as we're talking about downtime, um, I know there's there's one particular question I'll dance around for a bit, and you know what one <laughs> that is. But Margaret. Hmm. What would you have liked to have seen done with your roommate, Margaret? I would have loved to have learned more about Margaret. Like, you know, for Mary Sue to come home one day and just catch Margaret in the middle of something that gave us a more of a, a more of an inside look at who she was and then kind of have a, a Margaret Mary Sue adventure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we we never got to really see Margaret. We know that Margaret was an important thing a a relationship for Mary Sue um but we don't really get to see a lot of it we just see those moments where you know Mary Sue talks to Margaret and and they have a connection but we don't really get to delve any deeper into it and I wish we could have Hmm, I think so I think a lot of people have enjoyed that I think Mm -hmm. uh she is one of the most asked about NPCs Yes, everybody wants her to be an assassin. Yes. Which is adorable. <laughs> um, I just the idea of this tiny little pixie just being this killer um, who just loves getting high on sugar and drinking whiskey out of a thimble. Well, <laughs> if you're going to shoot, if you're going to have a, take a shot, it should be from a thimble. Ha. <laughs> hmm. huh. Okay, so hmm, there's some there's some good downtime stuff. I'm looking at the question list. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's let's step back a step further. So uh, Sturban is asking what the recording schedule is like. So what? Uh, how long? How many days? Uh, so the recording schedule uh, for without a net. Uh, is usually standard is every other Wednesday evening, uh, 8:30 Eastern for a, 
about two, two and a half hours. And I think in two and a half hours, we can get about two episodes. Mm -hmm. And that's mainly because when we're there, we don't do a lot of out of character talk. We really stay focused in it. And, and so we're able to really get a lot out of it. Um, I've been a part of some other podcasts that didn't have a regular uh, recording night that varied in their time that had people who chit chatted way too much uh, out of character and got into bogged down in rules discussions. And I, I think without a net, uh, you know, I, I think Bamps did a great job of, he had it lined up, he had it set and structured and he kept to it. And he made a promise that he was going to drop an episode every week. And he did it. He never missed one. And, and that's because we all made that huge commitment to be there every other Wednesday. And if we had to do extra sessions, I, mean, I think there was a, a few months where we did like every Wednesday night just to get a backlog because of holidays. Mm -hmm. um, downtime. Uh, I know I've recorded downtime on other days, uh, on Saturday nights or Sunday afternoons. I know I've done uh, downtime episode recordings outside of the normal recording schedule just to get it done. And uh, I know other cast members have as well. So I think uh, it was a big commitment to uh, the podcast that each of us made in our time. And and we stuck to it. And that's what the schedule was like. Okay. There is a second part on there about, let's see. I just had it. And then I just updated the question list so I could see everything. <laughs> ah, yes. Average hours of editing and aggregate oh that's not for me no it's not but <laughs> I, i'm on this recording as well so i can handle that answer since somebody has asked it mm -hmm. uh, i can't speak for bamps when he was doing the editing but as you were getting about two and a, two episodes out of two and a half hours um for every hour of uh, recorded content just to do sound effects is approximately two hours and that is assuming i have everything already on site or or you know loaded up i've already found everything and i can just splice that in because i want to make sure it's timed right if i don't if we're doing something new then i double that because i am scouring the internet to find what i need in order to make it sound right so yeah, yeah. i have the easiest job and i think my job's more fun I just I, get to play a game. You I have agree. to do work. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, I think aggregate for every order, every hour of recorded content, there is approximately four hours of editing across two people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's see. So what was your favorite episode to record? Um. I liked the uh, Mary Sue's uh, birthday episode where it was just her and, and Valentine. Uh, mm -hmm. It was fun recording that. Uh, it was so incredibly awkward as well because, you know, Mary Sue's boyfriend was Valentine, yet Jupiter was recording that with Bamps. And it was just like doing role play romance with your brother. And it was so <laughs> awkward. <laughs> And we both were kind of like cringing, but we kind of still did it. And I was like, ew. <laughs> but it was still fun. 
Um, I enjoyed it. I thought that I thought I really felt the interaction with uh, Mary Sue and Valentine. Um, I thought it was fun. And I thought it was even though he was a ganger and and, uh, you know, probably not the best person. I thought it was probably that one little oasis of happiness that Mary Sue had in, in, in her life at this time forced, you know, into the shadows that she at least had that that one little bright spot. And and Bams took it away. <laughs> yes, yes, he did. <laughs> hmm. So here's the difficult question: uh, mm-hmm. Would you change the way that he died? And if so, what would you change it to? Oh, that is a uh, that is a hard question. I I am uh, a friend just recently listened uh, to that episode and was talking to me. Uh, was texting me while they were listening to it, like, like, oh my gosh, this is happening. Oh, oh, this is happening. And it brought everything back for me uh, recording that. And I don't think I would change anything about the way he died. Um, I don't think I would change anything. I thought Bams did a great job. It was, to me, it was heart-wrenching. I mean, I was sad. but. <laughs> I know maybe other people weren't really, you know, emotionally affected by it, but I thought for me that how tragic this, because you know Mary Sue immediately blamed herself as she does. As she does. Uh, she was covered in ghoul blood. Um, yeah, she took the clothes off, but she still had some honor. She hugged her boyfriend when she saw him, and next thing you know, he's, you know, he's a ghoul. So in her mind, it automatically leapt to, oh my gosh, I'm a carrier. And, you know, because she she took courses in college, she took med courses, she would have learned about HMHBV and and she probably blamed herself. And, and so I think it was perfect um, in how BAMPS decided to kill off uh, Valentine. So I don't think I would change it. It was it was beautifully tragic. Uh, as the, my friend described it, it was very bittersweet. All right. Well, that sounds good. So how were you able to handle going through that during that episode recording? Um, yes, this was asked, um, was I acting? I'm like, oh my God, I'm not that good of an actress. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I was in tears. I was emotionally invested in it and I, I wasn't acting. That was just me. You know, he tugged on every emotional uh, heartstring he could and I just went with all of it and leaned into it and was uh, pulled in and had an emotional reaction and I didn't try to hide it I went with it and um, I think it I think it was good I think it turned out okay I mean I like to think so too well I mean your editing made it better it always does yeah that's eh, you <laughs> so if you could change one thing about Mary Sue, what would that be and why? Oh, gosh. Could she not be such a snowflake? <laughs> oh, my gosh. The Drake stuff. Oh. So, I, I hate the Drake stuff. hate it. I see. So You can't do anything after character generation if you take it after that. It, you're so weak. It's awful. It's the worst. 
so I would take that to mean that if uh, you could change her being a Drake, would you have done it? Yes. If if Bams had talked to me first and said, "Hey, this is what I want to do," I would I would have been like, "Look, I don't really know anything about Drakes. Can we do something else?" Um, you know, short of cat girl. Um, because I, I didn't want to be a cat girl either. Um, but yeah, I didn't really like the idea. Sounds awesome. Ooh, you're a dragon. But in practice, in the game, I could do nothing with it except terrify people by changing into a dragon. I didn't like it. I I just I didn't get as much bang for my buck. All right. Yeah. That that makes sense. Not really. I mean, some people listen to this and say, you just don't know how to play a Drake. No, I probably don't. I don't know how to do character progression. I'm, I just play a character and I just level things as I see. Well, that's what happened to her on this recording session. So I'm going to level this part because it relates to that. There's no real plan. So it could just be I wasn't handling the the build correctly. But... I don't know. I guess I'm more into the RP than the mechanics. All right. So uh, on that note, what was what were your dice pools? What were your general uh, stats when you were draking out? Oh, when I was draking out? Yes. You would make me pull up my sheet, wouldn't you? I would. Because Lord knows we never put updated sheets anywhere. <laughs> um, when I was draking, so give me an example. Uh, all right, so. Drake stats. Let me see. Let me see. It's loading. Bum, bum, bum. So my magic, my magic rating was just at a three. Okay. Right? Um, let's see. Face sculpt. To do facial sculpt, I had three dice. Literally just three die. Oh God. Oh. Wait, wait, wait. It gets better. Exotic ranged weapon, elemental attack. Um, dice pool calculation. I had my agility at four and my one rank. So I had five dice. Five dice to attack as a dragon. Wow. I mean, yeah. That's not, like, that's nothing. Against somebody who's been a drake a lot longer than Mary Sue, right? The NPC, Morgana, absolutely has been a drake longer. Knew how to, you know, had this stuff done. I had like I had nothing. Flight. Six die for flight. Yeah. So I did not have a lot when it came to to my my drake my drakiness. Um I had six dice to ascents. I had six die for astral combat. I mean, yeah. Alright. Yeah, that's that's pretty terrible. I had more dice for pistols. <laughs> I had nine oh, for that, so I would always use my gun first. <laughs> like, but everyone's like, "No, no, you're a dragon. Breathe fire." And I so you breathe fire. Five dice. Five dice for breathing fire. Uh huh. And and you know, Mary Sue's got two edge. I mean, I'm not gonna get to. I'm not gonna be able to really do a lot. You know, I don't have. I don't have a lot of edge to help me. I have low dice pools in the Drake stuff. I mean, it's not the best. Well, she was a face first and foremost. She was a face. 
my dice pools for face stuff are great. Um, uh, con, 15 plus 2 for the spec and fast talk. Etiquette, mm -hmm. 13 plus 2 uh, for the spec corporate. And I was doing decent dice. I didn't have to roll 20. I still did really good with my, my dice. Impersonation was sitting at 13. Intimidation, 11. Wow. I think at one point, Mary Sue had more intimidation dice than Boz. That is impressive. Right? That's pretty great. It is. I was a scary little elf who was killed, probably, for thinking she was pretty badass and tough. <laughs> probably. Probably. Uh, my judge intentions pool was 12. We all know Mary Sue was quite judgy. She did great. She was, and she did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I mean, when it came to the face dice pools, I was solid. I was great. Loved them all. When it came to that Drake stuff, I just, they just wasn't powerful enough. And to me, that karma spend for that, because I had to pay that karma. I just didn't get it. I had to pay that. I had saved up karma and had to pay it because, again, I don't do character progressions. So my karma just sat there. And he said, here you go. You're a Drake now. And it was like, oh, no. That just chewed up all my karma. <laughs> and it gave me these low dice pools. So it chewed my karma up and gave me nothing. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. So did, did Bamps tell you that you had to pay that karma? Mm-hmm. Okay. He didn't tell me I was going to be a Drake. In fact, the first time she draked out was the Valentine's Day episode. Yes, yes it um, was. And he told me, put Carrier down. Mm -hmm. Which, oh my god, it confirmed that I'd killed my boyfriend. Um, and it wasn't until she actually did drake out at, at LaFay's in front of everyone that he then said, correct your sheet, you actually have Drake. And so he asked, do you have enough karma to cover it? And I said, I did. Because we all know Bamps is a GM. You can go into karmic debt, but then he really gets to mess with you, just like he did with Valerie when she uh, took vampirism. She did not have the karma to pay for that. So she went into karmic debt, and that was free reign to the GM to mess with her, which is a, a fair trade, I think. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I'm just going to throw this out there for, for mm -hmm. you and for everybody who's listening, because I assume that mm -hmm. this is going to show up uh, after uh, Rob's recording. Okay. He swore up and down that because the rewards were not that great over eight runs, that he would give you the ancillary benefits that that latent dracomorphosis was not supposed to come out of your karma pool and now you've told me he flat out lied to me no he might just be mistaken or forgetting it's not a lie yeah uh, yeah i am happy to go the the worst possible path of all paths with bams he's used to it nope so, what was your what was your your karma spent at the end? I let's see, Mary Sue, looking at her sheet right now, total karma. I have I have two extra karma to play with. Um, 
111 of 113. And so what was that spent on? Oh, wow. Let's see. Um, uh, well, when I became a Drake, I have some adept powers. So it was facial sculpt, commanding voice, astral perception. Um, my um, first karma buy was five in negotiation, five in etiquette. I bought off a negative quality. I raised intimidation. I raised con. I gained a new knowledge, shadow community, because by then we had actually started doing jobs. I raised intimidation again. I raised con again. Um, uh, the quality I bought off was uh, creature of comfort. Oh, okay. I gained uh, swimming because Mary Sue ended up in a pond. Um, I, I gained I gained free fall because Mary Sue had to jump out of a plane where she landed in a pond. Um, pistols, race pistols. Oh, gain new knowledge, HMHVB. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Initiation. Uh, raising a sensing, raising intimidation again. Apparently, I really just want it to be intimidating and never was. Uh, magical flight, astral combat uh, twice, and um, flight again. So, oh, and exotic range weapon. One, one rank in that. Oh, would that be the fire breath? Yeah, that would be the, the, the couldn't grill a hot dog fire breath. Yeah. I don't know. I think a hot dog wouldn't move, so you'd be able to get those die. <laughs> if only she were a hot dog. If only she were a hot dog. <laughs> so if you could instantly train one skill to six ranks to save yourself in that fight, would it be the, the hot Exotic dog Exotic range weapon. <laughs> Exotic range hot dog, yeah. <laughs> Exotic range hot dog, yes. Yes, I would have hoped to have a little more firepower, literally. Awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it would have helped so much. It I really would so. have changed things. Another five dice, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you could, would you have prevented her death or would you have kept it the same? Mary Sue's death, would I have prevented that? Um no. I mean from the get go it was let's break Mary Sue. And uh, I knew either she would rise to the top or she would just die in a gutter. Uh, it, there was no in between. There was none of this going off into the sunset and living happily ever after. It was either rising to the top and, you know, becoming a terrible version of herself, a crime lord of some sort, or dead. And uh, honestly, I think I'd rather see her dead than turning into Morgana. All right. So if you could have followed one loose end throughout this, mm-hmm. this campaign, what would that have been? So there was a point where Bams and I were talking and he knew Mary Sue, I desperately wanted Mary Sue to have a shot at killing Morgana, but I knew as a player, I had no shot at killing Morgana unless I had the entire team with me. And it was pretty clear I wasn't going to get that. So Bamps, being Bamps, dangled blood magic in front of me and said, you saw um, that spirit when we did the bug job, the blood. There was the big spirit that comes from blood magic, right? Uh Uh-huh, yeah. He said, you could always try to find the mage 
that brought that spirit and see if they can teach you or try to get them in league with you or something. And I thought, oh, my gosh, that is really Mary Sue going to the absolute dark side. I mean, for her to go, I'm so focused on getting rid of this perceived enemy that she turns her back on her team, everything, and goes to blood magic, like which is this real terrible taboo thing. I wish we could have explored that more, but there just wasn't time. The way things wrapped up quickly, there was no way for Mary, Mary Sue never got the opportunity to go and do that organically. If the, the only way to do it would have been to force it, and uh, I didn't want to force that. I see. Okay. So since the focus, and I think everybody listening, their their focus is on on this whole <clears throat> thing between uh, Mary Sue and Morgana. Mm-hmm. Babs asks, why did you hate Morgana? I think he and I have discussed this. I think he, I, and you have discussed this multiple times. Oh, yes. And he still doesn't believe the answer. <laughs> um, I think for Mary Sue... And and again, this could have been the player because I've played in games with with Bamps prior to this. This was not my first my first game with him, and um, I've listened to him play other games um, where he's played female characters, and I've not always had an issue with how he plays female characters. But at the same time, he has an incredibly unique knack of playing some female characters as bratty or just like mean-spirited kind of people. And the first time we met Morgana, the way he used his tone with her, it came across as very like snooty and looking down her nose at us instead of what I think he was trying to achieve was being refined. But it came across to me as superiority and i naturally bristle as a person when somebody uses that tone with me and so i think inadvertently that translated into mary sue reacting the same way and mary sue perceived morgana as kind of a bully mean girl and that was it i just ever since then um she just didn't like morgana every time he spoke as Morgana like my hackles would raise I just oh, drove me insane um, is there an in-character reason why she hated Morgana absolutely not Morgana did nothing really but it was just a weird thing that happened um, it happened kind of early on and it's probably you know proves I'm a, a terrible role player because I let a a personal reaction interfere in my role playing. Um, but uh, I don't know. I think it added some drama to it because nobody could figure out what the issue was. Um, if it went the other way and I didn't have that reaction and Mary Sue like had no problem with Morgana, what the story would have been de- then, I think would have been great to find out. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, what if they became best buds? What if uh, Morgana groomed Mary Sue? What if Morgana got Mary Sue to turn on the team and, and start working for Eurubia herself? I mean, 
it, it could have gone much worse for the team. I mean, she could have really gone to the dark side a lot faster. And and who knows what that would have what that story would have been then. Um, I do kind of regret that we don't get to see that story told because it just it can't be told. It's off in some parallel universe and we'll never get to know what that story was. Yeah, that is too bad. But what you did deliver was still great content. Hmm. No, I think everybody did a wonderful job. The um the other cast members did great with their characters. Um it was a very I think a unique group and everybody really stayed true to who they felt their characters were. Nobody really, you know, bent or were really swayed by anything unless they were given a really, really good reason to change their opinion. So who was your favorite character in this game since they have all stayed true? I know this is very difficult, but who was your favorite? Oh, it's not difficult. Chuck is my favorite. Nice. I, I, I just, the way we introduce Chuck, I don't think I, Name another show who brings in a new character and blows them up first session. Like, Couldn't we're going to bring it. in the new guy and we're going to blow him up. Wait a minute, what? Yeah, that's what we're going to do. But that's how Chuck wanted it. You know, Chuck wanted to come in and he wanted to come in with all this wear. And so I was like, well, why would you have that? And so we, so well, let's see what happens. And we did it. And I thought um, the the Chuck and Mary Sue dynamic of this weird he likes her but she just thinks he just likes her as a friend and she doesn't really pick up on these things he says and does and you know even the whole oh i you know yeah i i I videotaped when you took your clothes off with all the ghoul blood and i checked it a thousand times what you know What'd you do? No, no, no. Just to look for things. Oh, okay, all right. And she just totally dismisses it because it's Chuck. You can, it's Chuck. Chuck's a nice guy. Um, and I, I love the way, um, I love the way the player handled Chuck, the decisions he made. Um, I know when he went and got that mundane job at the fast food at McHugh's. That a lot of listeners was like, oh my gosh, you just played it too real. It hit too close to home. It's so depressing. It's, yeah, he really like he sold it, and um, and I think I think the player did a fantastic job. I think Chuck is a complex uh character with real feelings and emotions, and and made some weird decisions, and and had his own prejudices because oh God. Yes, he, he did. was a feared of the dragon <laughs> and he was freaking out about dragons and drakes and 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 how quickly he became unattracted to Mary Sue when that happened like it was just like mm, there you go there's my good reason to no longer like Mary Sue anymore she's not that cute elf she turns into a monster so it was i thought he did a great job i just loved the character he was very you could identify with the things he felt um, that unrequited kind of love and the the trying to impress and and just not getting anything from it. That nice guy that just because I mean we've all been there. You're just that nice guy and the other person just doesn't 
really see you that way. And it's just, ah, oh, it, it, I think everybody can relate. And so that's mm. what I liked about Chuck. All right. Well, happily, I'm running out of uh, character questions, which I think is good. Oh. Um, there are a couple about the upcoming Call of Cthulhu game in which you are the storyteller slash game master. The keeper. The yes. keeper. The keeper. Mm-hmm. What's the question? So whose character do you regret not killing in the one-shot COC game? Bamses. That's what I figured. Because he deserved to die, number one, but you couldn't because he never saw anything. Apparently, you survived Call of Cthulhu by being blind and and low intelligence. There you go. If you can see no evil, no evil exists. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But I wanted to kill him so bad. Yes. So... (laughs) Uh, to those to those listening, I know I've said it a couple times, but we are running Call of Cthulhu as a short, quote-unquote, campaign. We're not going to run this as long as we ran Shadowrun. And no, no. Mary Sue is the, the keeper. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are five of us playing the game. I am I am one of those players. And so is the GM. And Michael is there. And Chuck is there. And then we also have Cookie, who is one of the people who has played in one of your other one-shots, yes? Yes. Um, Cookie um, knows uh, Bamps uh, real life. And um, she was saying how she had never played Call of Cthulhu. And this was like months before we had even talked about running it as a mini campaign, I think. And uh, I said, oh, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll run a game on the on the server for any of the listeners that you know want to hop in. And so we had her play it, and she did a great job. Uh, she totally got into the character and the role playing. She played a an elementary school art teacher who enjoyed recreational drugs <laughs> when she went camping with her friend who was a drug dealer. Okay, <laughs> she just got into it, and. Um, she had fun with her character and she made some great choices. And so when it came time for, um, when we said, Hey, let's do Cthulhu. And we had some current cast members say, Hey, I have to take a break or I have to be out. We're like, well, we need another cast member. And it was like, well, you know, you know, we can bring cookie in and, and, you know, she's like, I don't know if I can do it. And now you're going to be great. And so far we've done several recordings with her. And again, she really knows how to lean into the character and she does the RPA and she just, she makes good decisions. And when I say good, I don't mean always the best for her character. I mean, just good for storytelling. Yeah, I agree. I've, I've uh, been trying to sit back and see how everybody else is playing and having fun. And it's, it's hard to do that, but she is definitely having a good time. Mm-hmm. She is. So who do you look forward to driving crazy in these episodes as, as this uh, COC game concludes? Um, honestly, it's going to be Philip because uh, he's just so dramatic and over the top that the more you drive him insane, the great, just the more just verbose he gets. <laughs> it is really hard, but <laughs> it's okay. I, uh, <laughs> I've restocked my gin, so I'll be able 
get properly into Philip's head here in the next couple of weeks. Call of Cthulhu, brought to you by Jin. <laughs> um, I think uh, Cookie's got Cookie's character has some great things to play with that I can uh, I can use to kind of um, see how she reacts, and then uh, Chuck's character in it as well has some has some things that I can use that may not drive him crazy crazy like like losing insanity like you but i think <laughs> with chuck's character there's going to be that that fork in the road for him and we're going to see what he does so you're you're talking about you know these little things that you can use so mm-hmm. as a as a as a storyteller as a keeper as as a gm how how much are you working like how are you finding these little nuggets are are you I, I know what you and I have been doing, but that's just that's just you and I. We have that rapport. What are you doing <laughs> with the other people in order to kind of generate these these hooks, so to speak? So when we did uh, character generation, there was a lot of discussion of who are these people, what are they doing, why are you making these choices when you select these skills and put these points in, and and I did, and just like with you, you had to put some points in a in a something completely unrelated to anything. Uh, just a weird, quirky thing you do in your off time, in your in your me time, and and you know I think uh, uh, Bamps's character took the uh, concertina, which is wonderful. Um, so I think by letting these, letting the players build these characters who are actually real people, want to make sure they're building real people and not mechanics driven. I'm going to win the game characters, but people. I also had them kind of give me some backstory. And in these backstories is where I'm finding the things that I can tug on to kind of apply that pressure to see where they go with it. And then when we recorded the prologues, um, I put several of these characters under a lot of pressure. Uh, And as a GM, that's probably... Uh, my greatest weakness is I want to see how much pressure I can put on a player character uh, and see what they do. How do they handle it? Where do they go from there? What choices do they make? And um, so between their background and the pressure I applied in the prologue, things kind of gelled that as we move forward, um, I get to now, they you know, refer to them as knives. The characters have knives that I get to kind of poke them with as we go about. So much like what Bamps did with Shadowrun, I will not achieve his level of success, but I'll probably show up about mid-grade on it where it won't be the monster of the week that's the main thing. It's going to be what's going on with these characters in between these monsters of the week kind of a thing. Awesome. All right. So how long do you expect this uh, mini campaign to go? Um, I thought it was going to be five sessions, and it's going to be a lot longer. So- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm fine yeah. with that. I was told ah, it's going to be like five, ten sessions at the most, and uh, we've done five, six, eight prologue sessions, um, five character generation sessions, eight prologue sessions, 
We're about to start recording the actual campaign now. And I was just informed, what, two weeks ago that we're going to go until we finish telling the story. Oh, man. But it's not going to be as long as Shadowrun. So it's going to be somewhere between two months and two years, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I can't call it where in there, but it's going to be longer than two months, but shorter than two years. Or until I drive everybody insane. I mean, that's the point behind this whole thing, right? Or kill them, which I've almost did to two characters in the in the solo prologues, and then I almost did just a couple characters in the group prologue. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Like I said, I love to apply pressure to the PCs to see what they can do. How do they handle it? And like, and it's probably the worst, the worst thing I could do as a GM. That's mm. so fun. No, it it has been. So, what uh, what game are you looking forward to playing next? Well, number one, we've we've mentioned Aliens, the new RPG. Oh, Aliens yes. is out. The Quick Start rules, and you have mentioned that you may run that. Correct. And I love the alien series the movies i I, i've seen them all the first the second one great avp is like the ultimate to me i i I love love the alien setting and really just when the game came out and it was the the just the qsr it was like oh we have to play it I, i love it so really looking forward to that um there are many RPGs that I play that I really don't know the lore or the setting that well. I just know enough. Um, but I think on this one, it's one I know more than enough, but still not like fantastic, but still more than just enough. So I'm I'm excited about that one. Um, other RPGs that I want to get into. Um, you know, I hear a lot of talk. Um, about Lancer, um, The Expanse, I hear talk of um, uh, Numenera, and uh, there's Starfinder. I would really like to try something where I can, you know, be like a big Battletech gun shooty thing, or I just want to do like a sci-fi thing where I can just be a robot dog that has an AI living in it. That's it. I don't have big dreams. I mean, that almost sounds like if we were ever to go back to Shadowrun, you would make an AI that had a robotic dog as its body. Um, The AI rules are trash. That's what my senpai says. Uh, Yes, he says many. (laughs) It goes from God to Bamps to me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Um, so what would you like to see the show run? I know we've, we've talked with you as a player. I know we've talked about aliens, which I, so let me, let me rephrase this. Mm -hmm. What would you like to see the show run other than aliens, which is already number one? Hmm. There's just so many, so many great RPGs. Like, how do you pick one? Right. I know. How do you pick one? I mean, I would even say I would like to do SR again. Let's just get some other characters. Let's go. 
Okay. Let's let's tell a different story. Let's do it again. Um, let's actually make some you know prime runners that you know fall on their fall on their ass, get knocked back down to to square one, and have to rebuild. Let's let's find a the white collar embezzling crew that's in a corp, uh, bringing down a corp from the inside. Let's let's tell some other stories. Okay. I like it. I dig it. Mm-hmm. So if you were to make Mary Sue again, but not as a face for one of these games, mm-hmm. what would you make? Not a face. Um, so I'm 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 on a living community and I see a lot of different characters come through and, and get played. And have I ever seen another archetype in Shadowrun that I would like to try? And um I mean I really only do two. And it's a manipulation mage or a face. I've never been attracted to anything else in Shadowrun. <laughs> like, there's just nothing. That's valid, though. I mean, I, mean I, I think, to me, face is easy to roleplay. It's really no work for me. I don't really, like, I don't see it as work. I know other people say, no, it's really hard. I'm like, eh, you're just talking. I run my mouth all the time. <laughs> you can't get me to shut up. I'm second to Oz only. Um, that's fair. I'm that's leaving fair. that one in. I'm leaving that in. <laughs> um, I haven't really seen anything else I'd want to do except the AI, but the rules are trash, so I can't do that. I almost wonder how it would work if we use the Shadowrun Anarchy rules, but Rob also says those are trash as well. So... <laughs> I mean, if only he would just rewrite the rules so we could use them. Exactly. Can't we just homebrew that? Uh, I think we could. <laughs> I will be sure to tell him to get back to work on that. <laughs> All right. So we are nearly out of time. Mm-hmm. So as a last question, what advice do you have as a player on an actual play podcast to those listening, wanting to get into this whole, this whole business. What advice do you have for them? What advice do I have for players wanting to get in or what, what, what advice do I have for anybody wanting to put together a podcast? Either or, because they're both good questions. Okay. For anybody wanting to put together a podcast, um, it's a huge commitment and you've, you've got to do it. Uh, it's a regular schedule for recording. It's doing months of it uh, prior to release. It's it's not doing it live. Don't do it live. Uh, it's do about six months of the group together so they can get their that cohesion developed. And so when you do start releasing, it, it, you know you hit the ground running, and all that six month stuff is great fodder for Patreon. It's great. People get to listen and hear how terrible you used to sound, but they like you already because you started with that cohesion. Um, it's never miss your your schedule. If you're going to drop once a month, drop the same time every month. If it's every other week, do it. If it's every week, do it. Nothing loses loyalty of listeners than missing that drop because that means you they can't trust you anymore. And if they can't trust you, why listen? Um, for players wanting to do it, uh, it's very much one knowing you're making an entertainment product. 
You are not playing a game. You're doing a podcast. It's a product. It's marketing. It's it's making sure you're doing something that's entertaining to the people listening, but still being true to the character. Uh, it's not about winning the game. It's It's about making the choice that's best for the story um for example you know mary sue jumped out of a plane and and crit glitched i i trusted my gm i knew he was going to kill me we still had tons of story to tell and you know and he even offered you couldn't edge i'm like no let's see what happens make that entertaining make that decision and you know she ended up in algae pond scum water and had to go do a meet with a you know that's that was a good moment i think in in the story of what happened and it could have been easily avoided by a mechanic but i thought it kind of cheapened the story a bit so it's that kind of those kinds of decisions be willing to lean into the the skid there um also knowing that it can't always be about you and your character it's you've got to let everybody else shine you're there as part of a cast and you have to make sure you're doing your part to help them tell their story. It can't just be about your story. It can't be you delivering a 20-minute monologue every session. It's got to it's got to be the give and take. You've got to know when to backseat yourself and let others shine. And maybe you only say, you know, 10 words to the whole recording that that night. But it's okay to do that and let the others move the story forward. Um, I think that makes it more um, dynamic and compelling, not hearing the same person talk all the time and always being the driver, always trying to direct where the story goes with what they're doing. So it's definitely, if you're going to be part of a cast like this, know how to take a step back and let others do. Excellent advice. I dig it. Mm -hmm. All right. I believe our time is up. This has been a one-on-one uh, -on -one interview with Mary Sue of the Without a Net podcast. We just wrapped up Shadowrun, and she will be uh, game mastering Call of Cthulhu, which will start producing episodes uh, in October sometime, which is coming right up. Look for those on the usual Podbean channels. Um, other than that, do you have any final words for our listeners? I do have final words. Um, so, uh, other projects that I'm involved in, I, I would like to let people know about these things because they're all, they're great. Not just because I'm involved with them. They're just great on their own. Um, Cybernautica, audio drama, uh, Damien from Shadowcasters Networks, uh, audio drama is a great listen. It's only on episode, um, episode five is about to release. So, um, a good, a good audio drama to get in, uh, based on his own intellectual property. And the reason the, how I'm involved is simply as the script editor, which anybody can do. Um, another project Omnicolor is putting together a Shadowrun uh, podcast. And in that one, I am a player. Uh, on that one, I play a completely different character from Mary Sue and I'm having a blast. It's very fun playing a completely different character uh, from one you've been playing for two years. So that's great. Um, and then the last thing, another script editing for a high fantasy D&D uh, &D or Pathfinder setting. 
Um, and this one is uh, produced by Psychotron's uh, son, um, Anthony. He oh, is yeah. Soup Can on the Discord. And that one is called uh, Nazaria, N-A-Z-A-R-I-A. Uh, and the first two episodes are released. You can find them on YouTube. Uh, but he's going to start putting those out on Podbean as well to make those easy to find. And I just started doing script editing. Uh, he's at episode 10 as far as recordings and that. And I just started doing the script editing. But I really enjoy the story he's telling. There's great characters uh, in there. Uh, and he does it a different way. It's kind of he records the group playing and then he writes the script based on what happened huh? and then produces it um, with the sound effects and everything. That is awesome. It's really, it's fun. They're really great characters. I've, I've enjoyed reading them all because I had to read them all before I could start editing because I need to know where the story is. And it's, 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 it's entertaining and it's just a good feel fun kind of a thing. It's got good drama and tension, but it, it's still a good time as well. And uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it. So those are, um, oh, Omni's uh, podcast is called Burning Edge. Um, and we are just in the infancy of that. He's he's uh, trying to get that backlog and getting that team kind of uh, cohesion together before he starts releasing. But he should be releasing, hopefully, at the beginning of next year. So... That'll be great. I'll I would love uh, to see what the without a net listeners think of the burning edge, um, and how it's uh, it's run a little differently, and the characters are very different. And um, it'll be it'll be neat to see. And I think that's I think that's all I do. Is that all I do? I mean, it's you not. But <laughs> what else do I do? Really I mean, anything else? <laughs> uh, I mean, recording-wise, no. But there recording are no. there are uh, many other things that you do. I know that you are an admin on a living community for Shadowrun, and mm -hmm. I know you are also the uh, the president of the uh, Without a Net Final Fantasy Football League. You are the, <laughs> the commissioner. I am the commissioner. Oh my goodness! Yes, the uh, yes, the the football league. Um, Great information I got this weekend because I spent time with my brother, who's incredibly frustrated um, with our with our league that he's somehow got roped into. Um, and we're going to I think we're going to try something new next year that I think is going to be more in line with everyone. So hopefully we can get just as many teams, if not more next year. That sounds great. Mm hmm. All right, so once again, this is Oz, sound guy, and a uh, guy who loves to hear himself talk. I've been here with Mary Sue, <laughs> who's Jupiter Sanders on the Discord, uh, does many Shadowrun-related things, is getting into Call of Cthulhu-related things, and the affiliates that she has mentioned, when we get that information, we'll start popping those Podbean links up on our own. And we'll see if we can do a file on the Discord with that stuff so everybody who's listening to this has some more stuff to listen to. Yay. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, now all that's been said, I think it is time that we signed off. Have a great evening, everybody.